French President Emmanuel Macron's landmark tour of the Pacific, U.S. security activity in Papua New Guinea and Palau, and an update on the U.S. Marshall Islands Kofa. Sacre bleu! Today is August 22nd, 2023, and welcome back to Pacific Airwaves, a podcast on the Pacific Islands from the Southeast Asia Program and the Asia Maritime Transparency Initiative at CSIS. I'm Jared Tupuola, joined here by my co-host, Monica Sato. How are you doing, Monica? You know, Jared, the summer is quickly approaching its end, and I've yet to even plan a silly little vacation for myself. After an exciting summer of Pacific Airwaves with you, I need a moment to recharge with some girl dinners and sightseeing. Ooh la la. And what destination do you have in mind for this white Latosian great escape? I hear the French Riviera is lovely this time of year. Surely so. Well, after this recording, I'll be more than happy to help you do some research on booking a ticket to paradise. But on a more serious note, before we really do jump into our news for the day, we're sure most of our listeners have seen or heard about the devastation caused by the wildfires in Maui, Hawaii last week. As the death toll continues to mount and daunting environmental and economic consequences face the community of Lahaina, we here at Pacific Airwaves want to extend our condolences and implore our listeners to find ways to support the victims of the fire if they can. Absolutely, Jared. What's happened is heartbreaking, and while we at Pacific Airwaves center our analysis on geostrategic issues in the Pacific Islands, we'd be remiss to not acknowledge the devastating impacts this disaster has had on the people and communities of Hawaii and the very real implications it will have for long-term human security of those involved. But for now, why don't we ruminate for a moment about the recent visit of President Emmanuel Macron of France to the Pacific Islands on a five-day trip to New Caledonia, Vanuatu, and Papua New Guinea. Right you are, Monica. The trip can be seen as a manifestation of France's 2018 Indo-Pacific strategy, which seeks to solidify France as a legitimate player in the region, both on the domestic and regional front, as a means to safeguarding its national interests, including its territorial holdings in the Pacific Islands. Indeed, in 2022, Macron updated this strategy, believing that to secure its sovereignty, French strategy would require a more globalized perspective that accounts for rising geopolitical competition in the Pacific. Macron's office contends this trip is aimed at encouraging regional actors to diversify their partnerships beyond Beijing and Washington, and Macron has hopes his trip starts to offer France as an alternative to rising great power competition in the region. Historically, Paris has viewed the Pacific through a domestic lens with three overseas territories of New Caledonia, French Polynesia, and Wallace and Futuna. Together with its other territorial holdings, these islands contribute to affording France the world's second largest exclusive economic zone. Keeping with domestic French priorities, the president's first stop on the visit was to New Caledonia, where tensions remain high between pro- and anti-independence groups since a third and final independence referendum vote in December 2021. The referendum was part of the Nomea Accord, which was negotiated between indigenous Canuck, independence movements, and the French state in 1998 after a prior decade of armed conflict and was meant to settle the matter of sovereignty over the island. While each referendum has ended with a majority vote to stay a part of France, pro-independence groups argue that the Canuck have been politically disenfranchised, leading to a boycott of the final referendum. A critical aspect of Macron's trip was to urge for acceptance of the three referendums' results, reflecting the voice of the rest of France, warning that separatism could generate violence. But the French leader encountered resistance from some pro-independence Canucks to boycott talks regarding the future. This domestic issue will remain a challenge to Macron's Pacific ambitions as he tries to characterize France as a responsible partner in the region and not an external imperialist power. Besides the issue of New Caledonian independence, France must also contend with its history of nuclear testing in French Polynesia. Trying to thread such a needle is difficult, and some have already criticized this attempt for a more regional perspective in the Pacific as Paris forgoes local communities' needs in favor of broader geopolitical outlooks. 
Well, it's funny that you raised the point of imperialism just now. As the first French president to visit a non-French territorial island in the Pacific, Macron took an opportunity in Vanuatu to criticize what he calls a new imperialism appearing in Oceania, a veiled allusion to great power competition between China and the United States, and what many interpret as being particularly pointed at Beijing's actions. Macron said he felt free to issue the warning over major powers' ambitions in the Pacific because France recognizes its colonial past. And he said... Vanuatu suffered a colonization as brutal as those imposed elsewhere in Africa or Asia. He also seized the opportunity in Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea to address specific policy priorities, issuing joint statements calling for international action to accelerate the phasing out of fossil fuels to reduce the damage caused by climate change, as well as four MOUs aimed at improving infrastructure and climate change. But Monica, hasn't PNG seen another significant visit by a U.S. official as well? Exactement. While Macron was in Vanuatu, U.S. Defense Secretary Austin was meeting PNG's Prime Minister James Marape to discuss plans for deepening their defense ties under the newly signed Defense Cooperation Agreement, as well as a maritime security agreement this past May, which we've covered on the podcast before. Austin announced the United States will deploy a U.S. Coast Guard cutter to PNG to help the island nation monitor illegal fishing and trafficking this month. But despite increased involvement, Austin clarified that Washington is not seeking a permanent base in PNG. While they may not be seeking a permanent base in Papua New Guinea, the United States is certainly ramping up its defense partnerships with Pacific nations, and Papua New Guinea isn't the only place that's happening. The president of Palau, Sarangal Whips Jr., has confirmed that the U.S. will have full access to airstrips that are currently undergoing modifications to accommodate larger transport aircraft under its compacts of free association. President Whips Jr. has also stated that roads and bridges are being developed to accommodate M1 tanks. Palau is one of the few nations in the world that maintains full diplomatic relations with Taiwan, and the president hopes that these developments will allow his nation to promote regional security, but highlights that investment is another key pillar of geopolitical competition, and U.S. businesses have not been investing in the Pacific as they do in parts of Asia. Very interesting, and thanks for bringing up COFA negotiations. Building off our last episode, I want to give a quick update on the state of negotiations. When last we left you, the Marshall Islands was seeking increased funds from the U.S. for nuclear testing compensation, with U.S. negotiators holding firm that the U.S. policy finds that the issue of nuclear compensation had been reached decades prior. The 11th hour bid had fallen short, however, and the Marshallese government has endorsed a funding agreement, which provides $700 million to be placed in a trust that may be used for nuclear compensation, in addition to another $1.5 billion over 20 years. Now, Congress is currently reviewing the COFA proposals that total about $6.5 billion over the next 20 years for all three freely associated states. Congress has until September 30th to pass these agreements, which is a rapidly approaching deadline. Our final story of the day comes to us from New Zealand, as the government announces the desire to increase their Defense Forces Compact Preparedness. What this means for the actual makeup of the Defense Force is still somewhat vague, but the Labour government has suggested raising the total spending on defense from its current 1% of the national budget, with emphasis placed on updating older hardware and rethinking New Zealand's defense role in the region in the face of increased geostrategic tension. Prompted in part by a recent report commissioned by the government, the findings highlighted the Chinese government as an actor that may place regional stability at risk. It also noted the invasion of Ukraine as an indicator in the past two years of the deteriorating security environment worldwide. Minister of Defense Andrew Little has noted that the rapidly changing security environment has put New Zealand in the middle of a strategic theater. Concerns about the security environment have also entered the domestic political arena. A recent survey showed that 40% of respondents saw China's increased presence in the Pacific as the largest threat to New Zealand's safety in the next 10 years. And with an election on the horizon, foreign policy has the potential to take a more prominent role. As electoral competition continues to heat up on the road to October 14th, 
we'll be sure to keep you, our gentle listeners, abridged. But for now, Jared, I think I'm going to call it a day before we catch some summertime sadness inside this office. Let's get out of here and book ourselves a foreign adventure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pacific Airwaves. If you're looking for the Pacific Waves podcast, be sure to check out the daily news podcast from Radio New Zealand. Let us know what you think of our coverage by writing to our main email at searradio at csis.org. If you're not following us already, please subscribe or give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform. But before we go, I wanted to take a quick moment to remind our listeners, if you have the means to donate to the victims of the fires in Maui, Please do some research to ensure that your support is going to legitimate aid networks that support the displaced and afflicted. There are lots of great resources online that can help those interested in finding outlets that ensure support centers the people of Lahaina and Hawaii directly. And with that, our producer is David Lotfi. I'm Jared Tupuola. I'm Monica Sato. And we'll see you next month for another episode of Pacific Airwaves. <laughs>